0: Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour, and this week we have a story from human cannonball of filth and glitter, Bambi Galore. I'm kind of in love with my life right now, which is really funny considering that I was feeling really sorry for myself and was getting over cold and feeling shitty last week. But a few days ago, I got a call from my friend Hannah. Now, Hannah has been battling cancer, a very rare kind of cancer, cancer of the fallopian tubes, which only 40 women in the United States have at any given time. I mean, there's the world, but we're using a number from the United States. And she called me and said, Hey, I know that you've been following along on the caring bridge, and I've been reading your comments, and thank you so much for your kind words and everything, but I haven't told anybody really other than a very select group of people that I'm dealing with this cancer, and I think I've decided I finally want to tell my story, and so, of course, I'm calling you, and she goes, isn't that dumb? Why haven't I wanted to tell my story? And I'm like, well, it makes sense. As something comes up in our life, we're processing it, we're trying to build patterns, and it's only as time goes by can we look back, see those patterns, gain perspective, and now we feel like we have a handle on the experience. And we can talk about how it feels to us, what the importance is. So that makes total sense to me. And she said, well, I think I want to work with you on telling this story. So a few days ago, I went over to our house. We used to be roommates years ago, and we've been madly in love with each other for a long time. We had roommates that neither one of us got along with very well, but Hannah and I got along famously. And so we sat down, we're catching up, and I'm like, I just want you to tell me the story. Just start talking. My job as a story coach is to not interrupt you. Just say whatever comes to mind and tell me the story of how this all unfolded. And she never cried once. I cried a number of times, but eventually we got to a stopping point after several hours. And I said, so here's what I want. You've told me your last chemo session is this coming week. And I want to film you sitting in the chair, telling your story about how you discovered this and what it's all meant to you as you get your last chemo session. And then I think they do a thing where they ring a bell when you're done. And I'd really love to film that as well. And Hannah is the kind who doesn't like to make waves. And she's like, well, I don't know if they'll let me do that. I'm like, will you please ask? And tell them, don't make me sick my friend Dixie on you because Dixie will get in your face. When she thinks that something is important, she will go after it. And I feel like this is really important. This is a huge chapter in Hannah's life. I want to make sure that we capture this. And it feels like a really powerful moment. Getting your last chemo session, sitting there in that room, telling your story, celebrating the end of this period of fighting this battle and (laughs) and I got a message this afternoon and there was a lot of well uh, dicks I don't know they might not like this and I'm just kept pushing back look I'm only going to do what you're comfortable with girl but this is important so you need to stand up to them you've already told me the doctors didn't listen to you when you knew something was wrong with your body. They just ignored you. They didn't give you the test you needed. And we'd be telling a different story if they had listened when you told them what was going on, but they brushed you off. And now I don't want you to brush them off. I want you to stand up to them and stand up for yourself. And we have gotten to the point where I am now just gonna show up in oncology with her. We don't know if it's okay. But I can sweet talk them. Who knows? Maybe I'll grab a bunch of donuts. Is that something you're supposed to do when you go to cancer treatment? I don't know. But I want to do this. I love her. And I want to celebrate this moment with her. I don't want her sitting alone in that room, getting an infusion. I want to hear her tell her story and help her to tell her story. So I don't know if it's going to happen. Right now, it's... Us waiting to find out what sort of pushback we get. Originally, oncology had said no, that we couldn't do this. And she got a little bit of a softer answer the next time, but we still don't have a yes. So I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm feeling really excited about the possibility. I have to get up at what feels like a god-awful hour tomorrow to do this. And drive across the city. And find parking. And then spend... What could be up to six plus hours in oncology with her? Because these things take a really long time. And it's worth every bit of it. It's worth less sleep. It's worth pushing back when they say no. So can I just ask you that if you don't feel right in your body, stand up to your doctors. They're all overloaded right now. They're not bad people. They just are being asked to do too much and they're not paying attention. And nobody knows your body like you do. Hannah had to push, which was against her basic instincts, but she knew something was off and she had to have it come to Jesus with her doctor when it turned out that she had a lot of cancer inside her body and that's what had been going on. And I'm so proud of her for standing up for yourself and I want to ask you to do the same thing don't take it lying down fight it's your life I want you to be on this planet for every fucking minute you can I feel like I've had so much death in my life lately and it's not about me but we only have so much time let's get every second of it okay and now I'm gonna try and stop crying and tell you something else I have been going through my archives and I have been looking at some of the stories that I recorded when I traveled to the East Coast because as you know, I'm trying to go on tour. I'm trying to go to the East Coast and bring body storytelling there and there's a big hint in this week's story to tell you one of the cities I'll be coming to and I have people already who have seen a few hints on social media, who've been sending me private messages on Instagram to say, will you tell me the name of the city and approximate date because I will drive 12 hours because I've always dreamed of going to a live body storytelling. Like that is a bucket list item. And so here's your first hint, y'all. You're gonna find out the first place that I'll be coming to on the East Coast as part of the introduction to this week's storyteller. I have a workshop coming up soon and there's just a couple spots. How to be fascinating, Dixie's secret system for brilliant storytelling is happening live and in person. It's an all day workshop happening on Sunday, December 3rd in San Francisco. You can join me in a small, fun, open-minded group of storytellers-to-be and you'll get to learn my incredibly easy and super secret storytelling method. Soon you're going to be rocking that job interview, excelling at public speaking, you'll feel more at ease on dates, you'll learn to fully express yourself, and yes, stand on stage and deliver a standing ovation worth story if that's your thing. My unique story method is so valuable, and once you learn how, you'll know the secret forever. There's a link in the show notes to sign up, and if you're not in San Francisco and that doesn't work for you, I have room in my schedule for custom coaching. You know, it's the holidays and it's so much cooler to give someone an experience rather than a thing. So I could work with them on their wedding speech. I can work on job interview skills. I can do brand storytelling for their business. You name it, your life is better when you learn how to tell a story. I just had an email from somebody that I did custom coaching with that said, they want me to work on multiple new workshops for this university now because I told a great story Thanks to you. That was me. So just email me, body storytelling at gmail, and let's give someone or yourself the perfect gift. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your sexuality stuck in your head all day long, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. Relationship OCD is an often overlooked subtype of OCD that comes with unrelenting intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner, loved one, or sexuality. If you think you may be struggling with relationship OCD, there's hope. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure response prevention therapy, the gold standard of treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists. It's affordable, and they accept most major credit card plans. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. To get started, go to NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. Well, the month of November always brings something to mind for me, which is, back in the days of casual encounters, People lost their minds around the Thanksgiving holiday. Occasionally, I'd have conversations with them going back and forth. And it was basically that they were going to spend time with family. And it was just overwhelming. And they felt a need to act out to do every crazy thing they'd ever thought about. So the ads you'd see were like, we're down for anything. And we mean it. So that might be why last week's story Struck the way it did, and this week's story feels like it's sort of in the same vein. I got this thing, I really need to make it happen. And that's great inspiration, because you still have another week before Thanksgiving. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Bambi Galore is a human cannonball of filth and glitter. For well over a decade, she has been subverting gender and sexuality through burlesque, drag, and theater. Starting off in D.C. and then traveling to the bright lights of New York City, she is a staple performer in the Baltimore scene. Bambi has won Best Drag Performer Awards, but the best title she has ever received has been the title of Mom. She is truly a chameleon of T's. This storyteller is Bambi Galore.
1: Normally, normally when I come on stage to that kind of applause, I'm taking something off, so I'm a little confused right now. How many people in the audience are married? We got a couple, okay. So hopefully this story might inspire you, might give you a little juice and let you know that being married doesn't mean shit. Uh, When my wife and I had been married for about two years, our sex life was good. But we realized we needed to do some things to help uh, get it going a little bit more, get things, you know, get the motors going in the bedroom. And so we started talking about our fantasies. We had always been honest with each other. And so we started to go a little bit deeper, delving a little bit darker than we would normally. And so it started to involve other people and what we might do to them, what we might want to see them do to another person what we might do together to another person. And it would get really hot and really like focused. It'd be like, what did you do to your ex? What would your ex do to you? What would we do to your ex? And the one thing that really brought it together in a way that didn't feel kosher in the queer world, in the lesbian world, because we are two women, was that the other person involved was someone who always had an anatomical dick. And that was one of those things that neither of us could provide for each other. I don't have a dick, she doesn't have a dick, so it was full, pure fantasy. Well, for a few months we kept going through and it kept coming back up almost every single time. Fucking a dude, you fucking a dude, we fucking a dude together. And we finally decided, you know what? Fuck this talk. We should fuck a dude. We should have a threesome. We should make this happen. So. I was booked to do a performance tour up in New York City for four days, and on the four-hour drive up there, because we lived down in DC, we talked about what it is we wanted, what type of person we wanted to bring into the bed with us, what were we okay with, what were you okay with, what are you cool with watching me do, what am I cool with watching you do, what do we wanna do together? And we basically created like a manifesto of what we wanted and on that four-hour drive, and we just put it out into, into the ether, we were like, this is what we want. This is going to be our threesome. It will happen, manifest before us. Come on, Oprah. Vision board, (laughs) this will happen. So my first night there, I do my show, nothing happens. Second night goes, I perform, the bar's about to close. It feels like nothing is gonna happen again. I'm just like, whatever. But then my wife, who is fabulous, and I have to mention, the complete opposite of me. This was the one thing that we were worried about. My wife and I are very physically different. Where I am tall, she is short. Where I am long and blonde, she is very cropped and brunette, very different. When people are like, oh, you're two lesbians, you got to double your wardrobe. No, not in our case. Totally different style senses. We wear the same shoes, but she wears boots, I wear heels, it's not gonna work. Uh, The only thing we got going for both of us is we both got great tits. And so we were like, who is going to like both of us? That was one of the things. And she comes over to me and she's like, I think I found someone. I was like, you found someone? I completely forgot about our mission. And she's like, yeah, I found a guy. And I was like, who? And she's like, that guy over there. And I look across the bar and there's this really tall, bald, kind of muscular, kind of lanky, a little bit like a swimmer body kind of going, but very awkward, very shifting in his seat kind of like little nerdy little nervous I was like "What? What? what's going on and then I realized he's acting that way he's fidgeting because they've already talked about it he is he is already locked and loaded and ready to go he is just like I hope she likes me and I'm like Fuck yeah, let's do this. So we leave the bar. He suggests we go to his friend's apartment that he's house-sitting. And so we leave the bar, stop by a bodega, pick up a six-pack of uh, Red Stripe, which I'm like, why the fuck are we picking up beer? There's no point for beer. We're going there to fuck. Why are we getting beer? And I'm there doing like a little Snoopy dance, like, come on, let's get the fuck out of here. We're going to go fuck. And they're like, let's talk about beer. I'm like, you guys are driving me insane. So we finally get... To the quintessential Lower East Side one-bedroom apartment. So basically, you can reach your arms out and touch all four walls. Tiny little box. And we're like, that's cool. We're not real estate agents. We're not here for the apartment. We're just here for the fucking. The one thing that stood out, though, that was a little bit of a stop short was there was this plate of Coke. Coke on the coffee table and it was one of those things that you would see out of like Goodfellas or the Godfather where you're like this is totally comedic no one ever has just a dinner plate full of coke sitting out but he did and we were like huh okay uh and he's like would you like some coke and I'm like I'm an addictive personality no that's a bad idea and my wife's like I'm a former police officer no that's a bad idea so we're both like You do you boo and he just starts going at the plate while cracking open a red stripe while cracking open a bottle of whiskey and so we're passing a bottle of whiskey around we're talking everyone's kind of like I don't know how we get this started and I finally was like fuck it I'm gonna get this started I just take off my clothes right there in the living room strip myself buck naked and walk right into the bedroom and lay out on the bed both of them sit there for like half a second and then proceed to follow right behind me. Uh, In the closest amount of time, we are all butt naked so fast, it's insane. It's the first time both of us have actually been around a dick in several years. So we're both kind of like, oh, this is very interesting. (laughs) Yet at the same time, he's been doing coke and he's been drinking whiskey. So it's just doing like a little Bob and hey, how you doing, little Bob action. We're trying we're like sucking on the dick we're like oh you're such a nice dick and it's like it's just like I want to play but I can't and this goes on for a few hours and he's feeling awkward we're just like this is dumb so we leave the next night I again have a show during the day he messages uh, my wife and is like I'm so sorry you guys I really want to make it work can you come over again and we're like fuck let's go again let's let's try it again why not. We'll give him another shot, you know. Go for round two. So we show up. The plate of Coke is about half the size, so that's good. Um, But there's a knock at the door, and this Shane from the L Word wannabe shows up. And we're both like... Who is this person? He's like, Oh, I invited a friend. We're like, Oh, no, 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 no. We were cool with having a threesome. We were not down for a foursome. And she's also like, I'm a good house guest. I brought whiskey. And we're like, Oh, more Coke and whiskey. No, thank you. So they're drinking, they're snorting. We're like, "Uh, I have a headache. We're going to peace on out. So we left. And at that point, we're like, Fuck it. I guess it's just not going to happen this weekend. We have one more night in New York. Got to do my show. I go and I do my show. We haven't heard from him all day. He has probably given up on us as well. Like, oh, I let them down. He's very emotional. He's an artist. He, he writes poems. Um, <laughs> so we don't hear from him. And I'm doing my show. And at the end of the show, we're hanging out at the bar with some friends. And Heidi gets this text message that says, hey, I found your number in your calendar on the street. And we're like, Why is her calendar on the street? That's so weird. It was in the trunk of our car that was parked on the street. We leave the bar, our car has been broken into. Everything in the trunk is strewn along the streets. It's dumped in trash cans. The things that matter are of course gone. It fucking sucks. So we call New York's finest like you do and they show up like New York's finest does and do nothing. They basically took it to be a cigarette break. They decided to smoke cigars while we're there. I'm dressed in full burlesque regalia. I'm sparkling in giant false eyelashes, freaking out because costumes have been stolen, our car is broken into, we have to drive to DC with this broken car. And the guy's just like, yo, who gives a fuck? It's, it's New York, what do you expect? As he's smoking this giant stogie and I just become irate. I'm like, fuck all of this. I came to New York to have a fucking threesome. I haven't had a threesome. My car has been broken into. I am done with everything in the world. So I go to Heidi and I am like, you text him. And you text him right now. You find out if he has been snorting. You find out if he's been drinking. And if he has not, you tell him to be ready. She does. Turns out he and his pseudo Shane had finished the coke up the night before. So he has not been snorting. He is fully sober and we're like we're coming over (laughs) so we show up and we're like sup and he is already at full mass full attention he is ready to go and we're like thank the fuck god and so we go into the bedroom clothes are literally ripped off the body it is so amazing it was a really weird uh experience to see a fully erect hard wanting you dick after not seeing one for many many years but it was awesome also to like Go at that dick with your wife. Like, we're both, like, kind of like kissing up it and sucking on it. And we're like making eye contact, like, yeah, this is happening. We're doing this, winking at each other. We have like our own little, like, things going on. He's there. He's fucking one of us. He's fucking the other. He's fucking the other, jumping back and forth. He's fingering both of us at the same time, making both of us squirt all over his friend's bed, which also was just an added bonus of knowing that we're ruining this girl's apartment. We're sucking on each other, licking on each other, and we go at it for like four or five hours. I felt a twinge of guilt for half a second, then he made me come again when I was like, oh, we have a friend who's waiting for us back at her apartment. Oh, never mind, I don't give a fuck about her. And we just fuck until the sun comes up. We literally, every hole was filled multiple condoms like he had a full like I guess it was like a six pack or something yeah that whole thing was just gone never to be seen again and as we drove home with the car just of the plastic as we drove for four hours we gave literally no fucks because we had a goal we had a fantasy and we made it into reality so thank you and goodbye (laughs)
0: So he's so, fit. So, so. It's behind you, it follows you It follows you is it wrong that i love that song so much that was big dick by little big okay i told you it was happening and it is i got a notification yesterday that let me know that youtube had removed my content and they took down my most recent episode why because of sexual content and nudity We live in a Puritan country, y'all, and I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to find me on social media. So as I've been asking you a lot lately, please go to bodystorytelling.com slash subscribe and sign up so that you and I can be directly in contact. If Instagram, if Facebook, if any of those places shut me down, it's going to make my life really hard. But if you're already directly in contact with me, they can't control us. And as you know, I'm a bit defiant and I hate it when people do shit like that. And I feel like you're entitled to be a grown-up and hear stories from grown-ups. You're entitled to sex education and to learn about your own body. Obviously, something's wrong with me if I think that, right? Because they want to tell us we shouldn't be able to. So if you do subscribe, you're going to get first access to tickets to where I'm coming on the East Coast and other parts of the country. You're going to find out about, I'm going to be teaching in-person storytelling workshops as I travel, all of that stuff, podcast episodes, everything you can get directly through my newsletter. And it doesn't go out very often. So you're not going to be bombarded. I promise. Go to bodystorytelling.com slash subscribe. And thanks for doing it. You may have heard me talk about the tour that I'm trying to put together, and I'm pretty worried about money. I'm going to do it anyway, as best I can, but I really need your help. I filled the tank on Edna the minivan the other day, and it cost over $100. And as you know, I'm trying to do this in a minivan because it gives me a bed. It saves me hotel fees, all of that kind of stuff. And also, I want to meet people on the road. I want to... Anyway, shut the fuck up, dicks. Um, <laughs> I've got a special deal if you sign up for Patreon at the $25 a month or greater level right now I am going to give you a story playlist it is going to be entire shows a playlist of multiple shows so that until we have videos for you and until we have new stories on the podcast you're going to have pretty much all you can eat so if you go to p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash body and sign up at $25 a month or greater, greater is always great, then I'm gonna send you a playlist of stories. I'm gonna send you a thank you. And you'd be making a huge difference in helping me make this bucket list dream come true. I'm ready to come to new cities. I'm ready to hear new stories. I'm ready to meet you and hug you in person. And it's kinda hard to do that without financial support. I hate to ask, It's my job to ask as a podcaster, but I really hate to ask. So if you'd consider it, I'd be really grateful. And if Patreon's not your thing, I've got Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, all of those things. There's a link in the show notes to those as well. And thanks for considering it. Well, we're at the end of the episode. You know, I love knowing what you think about this podcast So, if you'd consider it, I would love it if you would write a review for the Body Storytelling Podcast. It does my soul so much good to read your words and know what you truly think. Thanks in advance for that. Thanks for rating, subscribing, all of those things, and telling everyone you know about this podcast. That's how we keep doing this thing. It's really been a struggle lately. I'm sorry to hit that note so hard, but I want to keep doing it. And the way to keep doing that is to make sure that more people find us and listen to us. And while I'm saying thank you to you for that, I want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Royland James, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, and podcast producer Roman Dinhautiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour, and this has been episode 279 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. A big, a big